0: In a couple of my other podcasts, we've talked about people leaving Toronto, you know, fleeing the big city for smaller communities. The reasons ranging from being tired of the big city life to people being priced out of the market. This trend has also had an incredible effect in cottage country across Ontario, where there's a big demand for these properties, which of course is also leading to huge price tags. In Canada, with our four seasons and long winters, we live for our summers, getting outside. Cycling, camping, and for many, heading to the cottage, if you're lucky enough to have one. But for many, the dream of owning a cottage is disappearing. I'm Desmond Brown, and welcome to Sold in the Six. Tess Kalinowski is a Toronto Star's real estate reporter, and she recently wrote a full-page feature about the many cottage communities across Ontario and what's driving this huge demand for them. Tess, welcome back to Sold in the Six.
1: Thanks, Des. It's good to be back.
0: Oh, so great to have you back. So, I love the headline in your story a couple weeks ago, which was a quote from a realtor in Smiths Falls, where she said, God's not making any more waterfront. I know, Tess, this may seem obvious, but Tell us, what's going on in the cottage market?
1: Well, I guess it's like a supply and demand situation. <laughs> She's right. There is only so much waterfront. Um, that's actually one of my favorite headlines on a story in a long time. You know, sometimes these the other people, because you have to give credit where it's due, but other people give you what you need. It's similar to another story I did on the cottage market earlier this spring, where an agent was talking to me about how cottages and properties in traditional cottage areas have become as scarce as toilet paper was a year ago. Last,
0: <laughs> <before>. <laughs> um, so, so I guess people just can't pile up on pile them up like they did with toilet paper though.
1: No, I don't. Well, I guess if you've got a really a lot of money, you can, but um, it was interesting when I did that feature, the cottage properties were so scarce. A lot of the agents I talked to had struggled to find me an active listing in their area, certainly with their brokerage. And I, um, I think that uh, some of those places that we featured were either more or less sold or would have been sold in the day or two after, or there was one around the Leamington area that had been sold last March. It's just nuts out there. (laughs) People want to be out of the city generally. That's a trend that I've just been doing some reading on that. That's a trend that's been going on for a number of years. And um, it seems like the pandemic has really accelerated it. Um, there are all sorts of reasons. One is just people want more space. Um, there are people who recognize they can't travel. Sorry, that's my uh, home home background.
0: Would you pet your they dog? can travel.
1: Me? <laughs> and um, so they want to find a place to take the kids closer to home. And then there are others who want to telecommute. They don't think they're ever going back to the office. So why wouldn't they move to a place that's like a vacation every day?
0: Yep. So it's not just a matter of picking up this cottage property as a second property. They're actually looking at these as their primary residences now.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's probably the predominant trend. And that's why places, certainly within an easy drive of Toronto, within a couple of hours, are so expensive now.
0: So when they're looking at more of a primary residence, of course, they're going to be looking for things like good amenities. So hospitals restaurants, entertainment, things like that. And of course, internet, right?
1: Yeah. And I think um, your access to those amenities is what drives prices. I mean, uh, the Lake Huron area, for example, I'm told that you pay more around Southampton, an area I know you know something about, than you do down in Sobel. And part of that is just you have more hospital access. But for sure, um, every agent I talked to, I think, mentioned internet. It is, it is the number one fat thing that, that buyers ask about um, because so many of them do want to telecommute. And if you've got kids, you know you can't go anywhere if there's no Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so they people aren't looking for that old-fashioned cottage anymore.
1: No, in fact, and this, could, this predates the pandemic, but I can recall a year or two back agents telling me anything that was kind of the old-fashioned cabin on the lake has either been torn down and rebuilt or you don't recognize it anymore because people have built a home around what was the little kitchen bedroom (laughs) area. I don't think there's that much of that left.
0: As we're seeing this, well, this trend has been going on for a while, but actually it's really hitting reality now with the price points because a lot of people are really getting priced out of it. Um, We're seeing some first-time buyers who are foregoing the city and buying their first-time homes up there as well, right?
1: Yes. um, If you're young and you think you can get a better uh, price on a home, even if it's just, you know, three seasons a year, sometimes you're going to do that just to get your toe on the bottom of the property ladder. Right. You can sell it down the road and maybe get into something in the city or you can just, again, go with that telecommuting lifestyle that seems to be sort of au courant. We'll have to see what
0: happens when people go back to the office. Now, before we get into some of these communities that you featured in that story, um, there were a couple of things that caught my eye out there. Number one was that waterfront property now, it's common to have to pay a million dollars for a waterfront property.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I understand in Muskoka, you'd be lucky to get in at, at a million and you certainly wouldn't get on one of the big three Muskoka lakes for that money. Um, I'm told that if you're willing to look at a river or an island where obviously less interesting waterway and uh, less act, access to amenities, you can perhaps get in at that level.
0: When we look at communities that are, you know, two to three hours away from Toronto, I know at one time people would say, oh, you know, if I could get something for, you know, four or five hundred thousand dollars, that would be great. And I know. When Alice and I bought our cottage about 10 years ago, I think we paid somewhere around $400,000 and it's not even on waterfront. Um, When we take a look at that price today, about $500,000 within about three hours of Toronto, we're looking at things like condos out there, not cottages, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Most lakefront communities seem to have cottoned onto the condo. Convenience, I think. Uh, first of all, they appeal to downsizers, but second of all, I think if you're only going to use a place and it's kind of getting far away, and you only have so many resources, condos aren't a bad a bad option, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know you said all the amenities are are looked after. Like some of them you can get on waterfront, um, some of them aren't, but close access to water, and then they'll have um, other great amenities around, whether it's tennis or. Or, uh, again, access to the water where they can do water sports and so on, I think. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the key thing is you always hear these stories about people opening their cottage for the summer. Well, there's less of that as people use them year round. But I think that whole problem of opening it up, closing it down, turning off the water, mouse proofing it, et cetera. I think a condo is a is a great alternative for people who just aren't that into that much work, especially if you've already got another home in the city.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um the other thing that I saw in that article that you wrote was that there are a lot of bidding wars going on out there. So it's the same type of environment that we are seeing in Toronto, where properties are being priced to attract other or, or to to attract more than one offer. And then they're being introduced to the preemptive or bully offer situation that we've been seeing here in Toronto for years now.
1: Yeah. And I'm hearing that all over. Um You know, offer nights are standard, just like they are in the city. Offer nights are standard in cottage country. I mean, some of these markets, they're not that different than city markets in terms of what they're offering. And people from Toronto, if they've got any equity and if they're thinking of moving out permanently, they can out bully almost anybody else in the province because the biggest property values are around the GTA, right? So, And and this is not just true of cottage properties. I'm told this is true of sort of secondary towns and cities. I did a story not long ago on Tilsonburg and and North Bay and places like that, where the same thing is happening to sort of standard residential properties in town, as well as out of town, cottage type places.
0: Okay, so you mentioned Southampton. Um, That's very close to Sobble Beach. And Sobble Beach is a very, very popular place for people to go, even for day trips. And you could... You know, get uh, small cottages up there. I think the average price, based on your article here, and we'll start getting into the article here and some of these communities that you were covering. But the average price in Sable Beach, Southampton area, was six hundred and twenty-six thousand, according to the uh, Real Estate Association of Gray Bruce and Owen Sound. And of course, the closest large city is Owen Sound up there.
1: So, can I tell you a personal anecdote?
0: Yes, you can.
1: So, <laughs> um. Solow Beach was our go-to cottage rental destination in my family for years. Our kids, the water's shallow. My sister and I both had young children, and that's where we would go. And we actually used to rent a couple of cottages. I always likened ours to a garden shed. My da- It was just my daughter and I. <laughs> it was absolutely tiny. It was a little bitty place, probably. I don't know, 500 square feet, maybe lovely yard and a really quick walk to the gorgeous Sobble Beach. It was on the market with the place next door for nine hundred thousand dollars and was expected to go. It was two. Now it's two cottages and it's a nice chunk of land close to the beach. But I think it probably was going for closer to a million. (laughs) It was just stunning to me because they were so they were neat, tidy, and, and lovely in their way, charming, but an unbelievable amount of money.
0: That is unbelievable. And I have a colleague who works up there, uh, Donna Harb, and in the article, you interviewed her, and she said that the vacant lots that were sold last year in that area for 75000 are now being sold less than a year later for $100,000 more. and. That, that Those are huge jumps in prices for those neighborhoods or, or for those areas, because I remember it wasn't uncommon for properties to be on the market up there for anywhere from six months to a year before they sold and reasonably priced.
1: This jump that Donna was talking about. And funnily, funnily enough, Donna used to be our landlord when we rented in oh. Somal <laughs> and she used to own those two properties I just discussed. But um, that jump in vacant land that has happened since the fall. That is not a full year. That, that is full six year. months. Wow. And she said, "Double is kind of conservative. In some cases, it's more than doubled, and people are getting getting their price for it."
0: That's incredible. And then just down the coast of, um, I mean, along lake along the coastline of, um, what do you want to call it the coastline of uh, of, lake, of Lake Huron? Yeah, Huron. Uh, you can move into Godrich. And the average price around Godridge, again, right on Lake Huron, in April was five hundred and seventy-six thousand uh, dollars. Closest cities to uh, those uh, places around there in Godridge, Owen Sound, Stratford, and Sarnia—all
1: happening towns. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised because the average there comes in at slightly below Sauble, and um, Godridge would be a more—it's a bigger community, I think, and it's. I would say it probably has more permanent residence, although I don't know that for sure. Um, but uh, very, very pretty place. But again, a much uh, a, a, a little bit further from Toronto and even from Owen Sound, it's it's kind of in the middle there. Um, and and Lon- a lot of people from London cottage up, up that way and it would be a little bit further drive. So I think the, the lesson is the further you drive, maybe the more affordable some of these things are for city dwellers. Yeah,
0: for sure. And then, you know, the, the communities around there are Bayfield, Kincarden, Wingham, Clinton, and Listool. And again, you know, if you're looking in that neighborhood uh, to pick something up, if you can get it, uh, you're looking at about, like I'd mentioned, an average price of about $576,000. And that comes with, if you're lucky enough to be on the water, some of the best sunsets you'll ever see.
1: Yeah, the sunsets are nice. I don't know that I would pay for sunsets, but I guess <laughs> some people do. Um,
0: yeah, you can get sunset anywhere, well, right? It
1: does set pretty much everywhere on the planet.
0: <laughs> so, you thinking of buying a cottage? Well, the first thing you should do is get pre-qualified. Call my mortgage guy. Jason Georgopoulos of Dominion Lending. Jason will get you the best rates and best terms available. And yes, he can help you in cottage country. So get in touch with Jason. Email him at jasong at dominionlending.ca. A little bit further to the south there, um, about a three and a half hour drive from Toronto is the Leamington-Kingsville area. Yeah,
1: I was just going to say those drive times don't include rest stops. I don't think.
0: <laughs> uh, average price, 571000 Uh Closest city would be Windsor, Ontario. And, of course, Leamington, known for great farmland down there. Um, and I had no idea about the uh, the, the cottage uh, area down there, the, wa- the waterfront properties. I had no idea about them. T- can you tell me a little bit about that? that area
1: well again i can tell you uh anecdotally because i was a windsor kid so
0: oh, our family
1: was always camping at point Pelee back when you could do that before it became a nature reserve um and wheatley so that's used to go to um through leamington and the cottages when the water was high oh my god the cottages were actually <laughs> touching the water um incredibly beautiful Um, lovely lakefront, uh, exciting place to swim and do water stuff when, when the weather's a bit, you know, dimmer, not, not full sun and, um, great fishing area and really a different vibe than the other places we wrote about. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just a little less urbanized and it's got its own atmosphere, I think.
0: Okay. So let's move to the east now. Um, again, let's say about three hours to the east, uh, the Rideau Lakes area, Westport, Newborough, um, closest cities would be Kingston and Ottawa. And yeah. Uh, I,
1: yeah, and I'm told Ottawa is the other big market for properties in that area. Um, so one realtor told me that Ottawa people have kind of rediscovered their area.
0: Oh, they have, eh?
1: Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a toss-up between GTA people and Ottawa people. They're getting squeezed. There. Yeah, yeah. And again, they really they, they don't have a lot of inventory. That was something I found in every market we looked at. Nobody has any properties to sell. <laughs> they, they were pretty much cleaned out in the, in the early spring, like even before the spring. And um, they were expecting that maybe more stuff would come up this summer but there was kind of a lull in inventory about the time I wrote that story last month.
0: I see. And then again, uh, the average price about $549,000. And at the time you wrote the article, it was taking on average about 10 days for a property to sell there. And what there is a little bit of hope there's uh, for $384,000, um, those properties were on the market for an average of 60 days. So, I mean, if you don't mind a little bit of a longer drive, um, it's not a bad area to try to get into.
1: It's not. And one of the things that they told me in that area was that there are there are a lot of things to do there. I mean, when we get past the COVID thing, um, you know, there's lots of little markets and um, great little bakeries and little restaurants. So you do, it's not Muskoka in terms of those kind of swish amenities that you get in just north of Toronto, but it, there are signs of civilization in the in the woods, if you will, which sounded quite appealing. I think it would be appealing to a lot of people from the GTA.
0: Uh, a little further, and about four hour drive, the Land lakes area, closest city would be Napanee. Yeah,
1: um, a little bit more remote. Um, I think you have to drive further distances to get to um, stores and gas stations and so forth. But uh, again, you know, Really, really attracting a lot of GTA attention. Now, if it's the area I'm thinking of, um, internet was a little bit inconsistent. Like once you get sort of east of Kingston area, what real estate agents told me was, they weren't always able to put their video on Zoom, if you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, okay.
0: Because <laughs> they just frozen. didn't have the bandwidth <laughs>
1: to do it. Yeah, but um, we know that the Ontario government is paying a lot of attention to some of these areas and making sure that they have good internet soon, because they recognize that that's one real competitive achievement for smaller smaller rural Ontarians.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the average price was $611,000 in North and Central Frontenac and $686,000 in the Addington Highlands Township there. And they're still saying that out there, the sales, despite the the problems with the internet, sales were really, really brisk and bidding wars were happening earlier in the year and slowed down a little bit over the last month or so.
1: Yeah, um, I guess it's just... Again, it's not that far and you know if you can get to kingston there's lots of there's lots of amenities and it's just a, a little bit more affordable than say the more obvious muskoka destinations
0: mm-hmm. yeah well muskoka is i basically people are priced out if you're looking to buy uh your first cottage or your first home instead of living in the city muskoka you're going to be priced right out so you're going to have to go a little bit further How about like a six to seven hour drive to the North Channel? And this is another uh, community that you featured in your story here. And the closest cities uh, being, I guess this is in between Sudbury and Sault Ste. Marie.
1: Yeah. Have you got the story there? Who was the realtor there, Des? Remind me.
0: The realtor was a Mariola Moran.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was saying how, um, you know, it is pretty remote there. and
0: uh, I I bet
1: um and but if you're along the shoreline the internet's pretty good it is a little bit less expensive and I don't know that area as well and she made it sound like if you like to be on the water like this is not the place you go if your kid needs to be near an arcade or you need a liquor store outside your door or whatever but it is it is a great place to be on the water and uh and you can also find some really quiet quiet little inlets and so forth. So it sounded wonderful to me.
0: Yeah, it does. And
1: maybe worth a drive. drive,
0: a seven hour drive. And, you know, some right. of the communities that you named up there are Echo Bay, Deborah, Bruce Mines, Thessalon, Iron Bridge, North Shore, Huron Shore, Blind River, and Elliott Lake. And the average price was 206000 Now that's affordable.
1: Yep, yeah, it is. You know, the thing The thing we should remember for all these places, though, is sometimes waterfront is out of reach, but there are a lot of places with water access. And if you looked at the, the REMAX report that we were writing about there, um, they charted what water access, waterfront, and no water cost. And in some cases, water access was significantly less than waterfront. And that might be one thing people could look at in terms of You know, if you want to get your boat out or if you want to have access to swimming or whatever, there are other ways to do it than just you don't have to be on the lake.
0: Yeah, you don't have to be on the water. Yeah. We talked a little bit at the beginning there, you talked about renting. So you don't want to buy, but you want to rent a cottage. However, not the easiest thing to do right now either, is it?
1: No, even back in February, the Star ran a story saying that... uh, there was nothing to rent. That was February. Now I'm seeing people are, are asking me, can, you know, how can I get a place? I have no idea how you can get a place because there's just, everything's booked solid. I mean, if you can't go anywhere, you're taking it off to the, you're looking for a cottage, right? You don't have a lot of choices. One thing I wanted to mention, if it's okay, um, is, the, is the Airbnb factor. Now, a lot of people who are buying second properties are doing it with the idea that they can Airbnb it. In other words, use rent to help pay for it. And in many areas, that's um, that's really viable. But in some areas, that's getting tougher because um, the municipalities are, are finding that the Airbnb is attracting crowds and pushing out some of the locals. So... Um, if people are thinking of buying or taking their clients up to, up to cottage country and Airbnb renting the place is, a, is an issue, they need to really look into whether there are regulations because I know Prince Edward County a couple of years ago because there's a real housing shortage around there, um, they were putting in some pretty tough Airbnb rules on who could open new ones. It had some grandfathering rules so some of the existing ones could stay. And I know there's a, an Airbnb dispute in Oro Medante. Um, that's going to uh, Provincial Tribunal to see if they can put in new rules.
0: I know you're not a realtor. No, I'm not. You deal with a lot of realtors uh, (laughs) when you're writing all these fantastic real estate stories every day. Um, Somebody's looking to, to buy a cottage. What would you recommend that they do?
1: I think a cottage, and I know this goes against everything that we're saying about the market right now, but I think it's the kind of thing where I personally would recommend they go slow. I would recommend they don't even really hook up with a realtor the first time they check out an area, or if it's an area they've been before, they maybe find a realtor who knows the area. This is realtors in cottage country tell me one of the problems is Torontonians coming in with real estate agents from Toronto um, who don't know things like things about the water access, about the shoreline, about easements. There are various water supply septic systems. Cottages, they tell me, are very individual properties. The land tends to be different than the neighbors. Yeah, they often have been built, custom built, good, bad, or ugly. And there's a lot you need to know. But if you have an agent who's in that area, chances are they know the history on a lot of the properties around the place. And I don't think you can go wrong with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so tr- that is so true. I know, I don't know anything about cottage country when it comes to selling properties. Yeah, I'm a city slicker. I sure am. However, I do have realtor contacts in almost every community across Ontario and across the country. So if you're thinking of picking up a cottage, get in touch with me. I'll refer you to the proper professional in those communities. And if you want to move across the country, I can help you there too. But I think that's one of the problems that we have had and I know you know with Remax Hallmark, we have you know close to two thousand agents, and we're right across Ontario. A lot of the complaints are agents moving or going into communities where they don't know anything and it can be some pretty bad consequences for your buyers if you don't know like you had mentioned Tess about you know uh, septic systems and and things like that where problems arise later, and it's like woohoo, big surprise and costing these buyers lots of money
1: wells wells are yeah wells are a nightmare i hear about in places like prince edward county you have to have some water if you're moving out to the country whether you're on the water or not you got to drink something and really you do need some local expertise on this stuff
0: no definitely and i think you had mentioned before you you don't get caught up in the romance of this let's be very very realistic about what you're getting into
1: no, there's no romance left in the world, is there? You can't be romantic if about properties in Toronto because you probably won't get it. You'll lose them on offer night. You can't, you can't dream about properties in the countryside. <laughs> and you, flying has lost it's, its romance too. There's no romance left in the world. And unfortunately, the Ontario cottage tradition has fallen victim to the same thing.
0: Yeah, it has. And, you know the positive side of all of this, and it all started, of course, in the big city uh, where the prices were out of hand, and now it's spread out into these smaller communities. I know a lot of people are priced out of these smaller communities now. However, these people who have owned properties in these communities for years and years now have that huge windfall. So nice little retirement package for all you people out there. So don't complain about the high prices. (laughs)
1: Well, I guess it depends if you're a local who, who wants to start out in one of these places and, you know, is not planning to leave. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's not necessarily it's it's a real it's a real problem getting into the market just like it is in the city.
0: Yeah, we hear, we've been hearing this. I mean, the first time I heard this was Vancouver, of course, and then it just spread right across to the other you know larger markets like Toronto and uh, well, to Toronto anyway, and in Calgary when things were going better out there. Um, but, yeah, you just have to. I guess, roll with it, be realistic, and realize that it's going to be hard. If you want to get in, yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice that you have to to take, whether it's finding an income property to help with the mortgage or picking something up in a community that's not that desirable right now and sell it in a few years and then move up into the community that you want to be in. It's happening everywhere, Tess, everywhere.
1: One thing that um, Phil Soper, who's the CEO of Ralea Page, said to me way back in March was, he said, uh, "Cottages are funny. They go. They're. They're a bit. They go through phases, and we're really in a hot phase for cottages." He said, "But it's very possible in the next year or two they'll go dead, and the dead. The downside of that cycle will hold up for a while. So you might have an opportunity down the road. I guess I would say, don't lose heart." <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with them because right now people aren't traveling. Yeah. And they were looking for that alternative and, you know, pick up the cottage. Okay, we'll buy the cottage. And if we're going to travel next summer, then we'll just rent it out or whatever. But I, I can see the, it leveling off. I can see the prices leveling off like, like Phil is. suggested. Yeah.
1: yeah, it sounds reasonable to me. And if there's nowhere, you know, you can't go to a restaurant in the city right now. You can't really see your friends. There's no concerts, no big sports events. Well, the country looks pretty appealing. It might not look so appealing in two years when all the fun is back in town.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Hopefully. we're heading to Paris for the weekend.
1: <laughs> well, it will be Paris, Ontario yeah. for me. Paris, France, Green, doesn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tess. Well, that pretty well wraps it up, Tess. Thank you so much for coming back onto to Soul in the Six and for helping us with this cottage edition. I don't think anyone out there knows as much about cottages as you do right now.
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know more, but it's sure a fun topic. It's my annual favorite for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much for doing it. And that is Tess Kalnowski, the real estate reporter for the Toronto Star. Thanks for joining us. And that's our latest episode of Sold in the 6th. And I'd like to thank my producers, Podcasts That Pop. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to Sold in the Sixth and you'll start receiving new episodes automatically. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. My handle is Des in the Sixth. That's six spelt with the number six, IX, you know, the cool way. And I also have a website. Check that out. It's in the sixth real estate.com. If you have a story idea or just want to get in touch with me, feel free to email me at des at desmondbrown.ca. I'm Desmond Brown. Until next time.